Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 20th of June. India registered over 58,000 cases of COVID-19 and more than 1,500 deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally now stands at 2.98 crore and the death toll has crossed 3,86,000. The official COVID figures have been reported to be heavy undercounts. More than 27 crore people in the country have received vaccine doses so far. Of this, 38 lakh were administered yesterday. The central government has asked all states and union territories to ensure no complacency in adhering to COVID-appropriate behaviour adding that lockdown restrictions across India had led to crowding in markets and other places. Atul Bagai, the India head of the United Nations Environment Programme, said today that the COVID pandemic is a result of degradation of natural areas, loss of species and environmental exploitation, adding that countries including India must ramp up efforts to reverse and prevent ecosystem degradation. The Ministry of Home Affairs yesterday told states to invoke the Epidemic Diseases Amendment Act 2020 and register a case against those assaulting doctors and healthcare workers. Telangana has decided to lift the lockdown in the state completely starting tomorrow. The Chief Minister's office said that the decision was taken based on significantly decreasing daily infections and positivity rate. Karnataka also announced the easing of lockdown restrictions in Bengaluru and 15 districts from Monday. All shops, hotels, clubs and restaurants will be allowed to operate till 5 p.m. Tamil Nadu meanwhile extended its lockdown until June 28 but with different relaxations in different districts depending on the covid case load. The Kerala government has approached the center to put in place a moratorium on repayment of loans till December 31 in order to provide relief to individuals in the unorganized sector, MSMEs, agriculture and others adversely affected by the COVID pandemic and the subsequent lockdown. Our story of the week this time is the contentious land deals made by the Ram Temple Trust in Ayodhya this year. We will come back to it later in the episode. NDTV reported that Bihar saw nearly 75,000 unaccounted deaths in the first 5 months of 2021, the time period coinciding with the second wave of the pandemic. New data from the state's civil registration system or CRS shows that this is nearly 10 times the state's official COVID death figure, raising questions about the undercounting of deaths. Bihar CRS showed that between January and May 2019, about 1.3 lakh deaths were reported in the state. For the same period this year the death toll was about 2.2 lakh this means around 82000 more people died in 2021 in comparison to 2019 indicating a 62% increase out of these 82000 more than half of the deaths were reported in may this year bihar's official covid death toll however recorded between january and may 2021 was just 7717 On June 9, the state added more than 3900 backlog covid deaths after the Patna High Court flagged irregularities in May. The state's death toll was then increased to over 9400. Bihar's official covid death figure is just a fraction of the 82000 excess deaths. The NDTV report after deducting the death toll from these found a difference of over 75000 unexplained deaths in the second wave. Besides Bihar, ground reports about undercounting of COVID deaths have emerged in multiple states in the country, including Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh and Uttar Pradesh. Coming back to our story of the week. 
Last Sunday, the Aam Party and the Samajwadi Party alleged that a land purchase deal by the Ram Janmabhoomi Trust, set up by the Narendra Modi government to oversee the Ram Temple's construction, involved a scam, demanding a high-level inquiry into the alleged financial irregularities. The next day, the Ram Janmabhoomi Trust refuted the corruption allegations made by the opposition parties, claiming that the process of buying the pieces of land was transparent. Vishwa Hindu Parishad leader Champat Rai, who is also the secretary of the Sri Ram Janmabhoomi Tirth Shetra, said that transactions for the temple land were conducted in a fair manner. Rai also requested all devotees of Sri Ram to not believe in any such propaganda, adding that those who levelled the allegations had not checked their facts with any officials. A day later, news laundry reporters Ayush Tiwari and Basant Kumar left for Ayodhya to do just that. Check the facts. In a two-part series published by News Laundry this week, here is what they found. First, the Ramjanmabhoomi Trust signed two land deals in March with an absconding fraudster Harish Pathak and his wife Kusum in the presence of the Ayodhya mayor who is also a BJP leader. One deal was signed directly with the Pathaks and one through Sultan Ansari and Ravi Tiwari. Notably, since 2016, Pathak and his wife Kusum have been booked for theft, impersonation, cheating, forgery and criminal breach of trust in multiple cases. On March 18, the Pathak couple sold 1.2 hectares of property in Ayodhya's Bagbijesi village to Ansari and Tiwari for Rs 2 crore, who then sold the land to the Ram Mandir Trust for 18.5 crore. This means it was sold at Rs 1,423 per square foot. On the same day, the Pathaks also sold another 1.03 hectares of land in the same village directly to the Ram Janmabhoomi Trust for Rs 8 crore at about Rs 716 per square foot. The value of this piece of land decided by local authorities is Rs 4.7 crore, meaning the Trust paid Rs 3.03 crore more for the same piece of land. Several people also told Ayush and Basant that the Pathaks had conned them of lakhs of rupees under a bond scheme. If this isn't enough, not all the land sold by the Pathaks was theirs to sell, according to its caretaker Wahid Ahmad, who says that the land belongs to the Sunni Waqf board in Uttar Pradesh. In their second report, Ayush and Basant did some digging on the Ayodhya mayor, Rishike Shupadhyay, who had been present when the land deal was signed by the Trust in March. Upadhyay's nephew is himself involved in yet another murky land deal related to the Ram Temple. In February this year, one Deep Narayan, who is the mayor's nephew, bought a piece of land from a Mahant named Devendra Prasad Acharya for Rs 20 lakh. On May 11, Narayan sold his property to the Ram Janmabhoomi Trust for Rs 2.5 crore. All this while, the minimum rate of this property decided by local authorities remained just 35.6 lakh. To know more, read both these detailed reports on newslaundry.com. The first one is titled, Exclusive, Why Did the Ram Temple Trust Cut Deals with Absconding Fraudsters? And the second one is titled, Exclusive, Ayodhya BJP Mayor's Nephew Bought Land for 20 lakh, Sold It to Ram Temple Trust for 2.5 crore. Let me remind you listeners that this shopping for land by the Temple Trust at inflated prices is at least partly financed by crores of Indians who donated money for the construction of the temple during a collection drive by the Sangh Parivar in early 2020.
So, when these allegations about shady deals broke out, you'd expect the mainstream media to question the land deals involved in the project, considering the Temple Trust had raised rupees 2100 crores so far for it. You'd be wrong. Instead, some channels chose to question those who questioned the deals. Channels went as far as asking whether those criticizing the Temple Trust had donated money for the construction of the temple as practicing Hindus. Not us though. Ayush and Basant headed to Ayodhya to verify information firsthand. This is our job as an independent news organization driven by subscribers. So, which sort of news do you choose? Once you decide, go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Lowest subscription starts at just 300 rupees a month. The central government told the Supreme Court in an affidavit last night that rupees 4 lakh compensation to families of those who died due to COVID-19 would not be feasible as the government resources have limits. The Indian Express reported that the Ministry of Home Affairs told the Apex Court that the government's entire state disaster relief fund would be depleted if such compensations were given. The government's affidavit in this matter read and I quote utilization of scarce resources for giving ex gratia might have unfortunate consequences of affecting the pandemic response and health expenditure in other aspects and hence cause more damage than good unquote the affidavit was in response to a plea that sought directions to the center and the state governments to provide compensation to family members of those who had lost their lives to coronavirus or post covid complications including black fungus The said plea was filed by two advocates who cited the Disaster Management Act 2005 which says that the national authority shall recommend guidelines for the minimum standards of relief to persons affected by a disaster including ex gratia assistance. The center said that such compensations were not affordable for state governments adding that the phrase ex gratia itself means that the amount is not legally entitled to persons. In another affidavit to the Supreme Court, the center has said that all COVID-linked deaths, regardless of where they take place, should be certified as COVID deaths. This came amid media reports indicating wide discrepancies in death figures in at least six states. In the affidavit filed late last night, the government also promised action against doctors who failed to comply with this rule. Till now, just the deaths that took place in hospitals were certified as COVID deaths, excluding the ones that took place at home or even outside hospitals. The district administration in UP's Agra gave a clean chit to a private hospital whose owner in a viral video clip last month had spoken about cutting off oxygen supply to COVID patients for 5 minutes as a part of a mock drill to find out who dies. The Uttar Pradesh government had ordered an inquiry into the incident after the video triggered outrage on social media. At one point in the purported video clip, the hospital's owner Arunjay Jain was heard saying that 22 patients turned blue and gasped for breath when their oxygen supply was interrupted. Two panels were made to investigate the matter. A four-member death audit committee comprising doctors and a two-member magisterial committee. According to the Indian Express, the expert committee found that 16 patients died at the Paris hospital on April 26, the day of the mock drill. The hospital claimed, however, that these patients were already in critical condition or had comorbidities and did not die because of the mock drill. The committee's report also quoted the hospital owner saying that no mock drill had taken place at the hospital. In April, Uttar Pradesh and multiple other states were struggling with acute shortages of medical oxygen amid the second wave of the pandemic. 
On April 30, 30-year-old Deepak Chhabra stood outside the COVID emergency ward at Meerat's Lala Lajpat Rai Memorial Medical College, giving real-time updates of his wife Lata's condition to his relatives. Deepak and Lata got married a couple of months ago. Half an hour later, Deepak stood weeping outside as Lata had died. In the Suraj Kund crematorium's register, in the space intended for cause of death, Deepak wrote three words beneath Lata's name. Lack of oxygen. To know how the oxygen crisis devastated families in UP's hospitals, where the state CM Adityanath was denying any oxygen shortage amid the second wave, watch this video report by Ayush Tiwari and Basant Kumar on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Yogi has left us to die. Oxygen crisis devastates Meerut. I also recommend that you read our extensive ground reports of how the second wave of the pandemic impacted Uttar Pradesh, filed under the section UP COVID disaster. Now for some news from the world of cinema. The central government on Friday sought public comments on the draft of a bill that proposes to empower the Modi government to re-examine a film that has already been certified. The Cinematograph Amendment Bill 2021 will allow the Centre to order the recertification of an already certified film following the receipt of viewer complaints. Filmmakers have criticised the bill as a super-censor that will add one more level of censorship to films, The Hindu reported. The draft bill also has provisions to penalise film piracy with jail terms and fines. In April, the Centre had dismantled the Film Certification Appellate Tribunal, which was a statutory body constituted to hear appeals of filmmakers who were unhappy with the cuts suggested by the Central Board of Film Certification. Producers seeking certification for their works will now have to approach high courts if they have any grievances with the CBFC. Now for some international news. Globally, COVID-19 has affected over 178.1 million people, claiming the lives of more than 3.85 million. In Brazil, the COVID death toll has crossed the grim mark of 5 lakh or half a million fatalities. Thousands of Brazilians took to the streets yesterday in protest against the country's president Jair Bolsonaro's response to the pandemic. Brazil has the highest official death toll after the United States. Yesterday was the second day of demonstrations against Bolsonaro in less than a month, amid a rising COVID curve, with only 11% of the 212 million Brazilians being fully vaccinated. The Brazilian president, who had brushed off the pandemic as a little flu and resisted containment measures, is being investigated by a congressional inquiry as his administration lagged behind in acquiring vaccines but pushed the use of infective drugs such as chloroquine. That's all the news we have for you today. Hold on in these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.